Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Our text for our sermon is John chapter 6, verses 51 through 58. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. At that, the Jews argued among themselves. How can this man give his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life in yourselves. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like your fathers ate and died. The one who eats this bread will live forever. This is the gospel of our Lord. About three winters ago, I had a niece who was passing through on her way to, uh, on a rescue mission, basically for another relative when her father's diesel pickup she was driving broke down. In the process, I have a relative who's a mechanic who said the best diesel mechanic in town is Renegade Auto, take it there. But before you do, try replacing the fuel filter in it. I've never owned a diesel, so I just went down to the auto parts store, bought a diesel fuel filter for that truck and put it in. It didn't fix the problem at all. However, when it did end up at Renegade Auto, the Rory told me, he had to replace that filter because as it turns out with Ford, with that particular model Ford diesel truck, there's little holes in the filter that only Ford has any other filter. Either the vehicle doesn't run at all or it runs considerably worse than it would. Sometimes only genuine parts will do. And in verse 53, Jesus tells us, amen, amen, I tell you. So just that amen, amen is, I am telling you a truth of truths. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life in yourselves. Doesn't that sound like cannibalism? Doesn't that seem kind of gross? I'd take a big old bite out of the forearm here. That's clearly not what he's talking about. But in verse 55, he says, For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Now, the Greek word that's translated here as real means true, genuine. If you want to have life in yourselves, the life Jesus is offering, it only comes from eating the genuine uh, bread and the genuine drink that Jesus offers. And so today we will ask the question, how do we eat this genuine bread and drink this genuine drink? I'm going to preach on my own translation of the Greek language because there are some subtle nuances I really want to bring out. And as we get to our first verse, Jesus says, I myself am the living bread who came down from heaven. When someone eats from this bread, he will certainly live forever. And also the bread which I myself will give is my flesh given for the sake of life for the world. Now, you've often heard me say we have to pay attention to the prepositions. When Jesus says that he's the living bread who came down from heaven, the Greek preposition there is to come from the inside of something to the outside. Like when you come from inside your house to the outside world to your front yard. Only one thing has come from the inside, from heaven, from the throne of God that gives us the kind of life 
that lasts eternally. And it's also interesting, the preposition I translate as for the sake of life for the world, that for the sake of, it's huper. And that is one like when a mother lies over her child to protect them when there's a sudden rainstorm. It's, it's over, it's a protecting over, it's in place of, and it's for the benefit and for the sake of life. When we add those together, we get the answer uh, that baffles many people. Jesus is clearly talking about heavenly bread and heavenly life. Now, too many people get confused on that. Remember the crowd, uh, Jesus had the morning before, or the day before, had fed 5,000 men. That, so they're not counting the women and children, uh, miraculously from a boy's lunch sack. And now they're saying, give us earthly bread, fill our stomachs. Too many people get focused on earthly bread, and Jesus is talking about heavenly bread, not worldly things. And when people get caught up on worldly things, when they think, uh, which natural bread, worldly bread nourishes you, and we've got to remember, when Jesus is speaking this, until refrigeration was invented, the most common staple that people ate was bread. It nourished them, and they drank water, they drank um, something that preserved the fruit of grapes, that would be wine watered down. So he's talking about a nourishment, a very common nourishment. People get confused and they think this is only talking symbolically. Symbolically this, symbolically that. Jesus never gives us any indicators that he's talking symbolically. He's talking about heavenly bread, something that came down from heaven. That's himself. He's true God who became true man in order to save us. He did all the work for our salvation. Unless we trust that Jesus has done the work for our salvation, we're in trouble. Now, people get caught up on worldly things and they slip into a wrong way of translating scriptures. They slip into allegory. Allegory would be like saying Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey and so a donkey is a beast of burden and so a beast of burden would be showing that unless Jesus is riding us, Satan is riding us. Now, Scripture clearly teaches that, but not there. Jesus rode in on a donkey for different reasons. Allegory finds a hidden spiritual meaning in things. And sadly, people allegorizing this have then turned around and said Jesus is talking about the Lord's Supper. That is wrong. First of all, it'll be over a year before Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper. So the best you can say is, oh, he's preparing the disciples. Well, we're never told that he explained this to them in that way afterwards, as he normally does with parables and stuff. And on top of it all, Jesus in today's text talks about his flesh. In the Lord's Supper, he says, this is my body. Don't allegorize this and turn this into the Lord's Supper. The Jews of this time, and I say that because they're Jewish people that are there that Jesus is talking to, they thought of only worldly bread. They were thinking of the needs for their stomach. Jesus is talking about something else. Jesus is talking about your new man, nourishing it. We'll get into that here in a minute. But in verse 52, we're told, Consequently, the Jews began quarreling against each other, saying, How can he give us his flesh to eat? They were caught up on worldly things, and they were misunderstanding. Jesus was using their desire for nourishment to talk about nourishing the new person that the Holy Spirit creates in them, and they missed it. Sadly, Christians do this too. They do it to this very day. They get caught up on earthly things and miss the heavenly life they have now while being on this earth. And so in verse 53, 
We're told, therefore, Jesus said to them, truth of all truths, I'm telling you guys, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, then you continue not having life in yourselves. But they're alive. They're talking to him. They want bread to nourish their physical life. As I've said, the key to this text is Jesus is talking about heavenly bread, and he's got to be talking about heavenly nourishment. What the nourishment is, is your new person. When you believe that Jesus is true God who became true man, left heaven to take on human flesh so he could be perfect for you in your place, so that he could die for you, removing your sin, then you have a new man. The Holy Spirit gives birth to that new man through that message. And that new man needs to be nourished. He needs to be hydrated by coming to the Word. Now, so first, the Word comes to you, God's Word, and it creates faith, and then you nourish that faith by continually coming to that Word. If you want a clear passage that says this about faith that helps us understand today's text, that's Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith comes from hearing the message and the message comes through the word of Christ. So the nourishment here he's talking about is the word, which leads us to believe that Christ has done all the work for our salvation. And in the second half of verse 53, Jesus says, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, then you continue not having life in yourself. In other words, to use horror films, you're like a zombie in God's eyes. You're not completely alive. And while you have is a sinful nature, which means you're a slave to the devil until God gives you faith. Then he nourishes that faith, both using the words. Remember how I mentioned, it, mentioned no other substitutes, that that fuel filter had to be the Ford original fuel filter for my niece's truck? This is what Jesus is saying. Only trusting that Christ is true God who became true man, who did all the work for your salvation, only that saves you. Only that nourishes the new man. Only that creates the new man. There are only two religions. There are the true religion, which is what Jesus is talking about here. And then there's all man-made religions which have this in common. In all man-made religions, if you want to be better off, you have to be good enough. You have to do the work. You have to be righteous in and of yourself. And sadly, too many Christians and too many Christian congregations, they get confused and they add works you have to do. Even faith is a work God works in you. And then when you're connected to him, God bring, through your new man, God brings you into Christ. So many people try to deal with the need to nourish that new man or have a new man by works. That doesn't work at all because we're sinful. Even if we're doing something in order to earn eternal life, that's a sin. That's selfish. If we're doing something uh, because we, we actually have the right motivations, we still have a sinful nature and we need to have the blood of Christ to wash that off. Now, other people try to deal with this outside of religion, relationships, drugs, and even sadly, and I'm not condemning psychology, but what I call pop psychology, popular psychology. See, you have a sinful nature. And if you spend a lot of time digging, trying to find out what's wrong with you, you're going to find, again, that's a slave to the devil. You're going to find a monster inside of you, and you're only going to get worse. You've got to be nourished by the bread that comes from heaven. Only that gives you the new person. 
Only that washes you clean. Now there's another solution human beings come up with. Remember, relationships, people will eventually let you down. They're sinners. Drugs, boy, that's already a mess, right? That just destroys your body. But there's people who either become atheists and deny the problem, or agnostics, deists, kind of ignore the problem. But you know, ignoring that my niece's truck was broke was never going to fix it. Denying that her truck was broke was never going to fix it. Those are solutions that don't work at all. Only trust, only having the new man that comes from hearing that Jesus is true God who became true man, and, and then the Holy Spirit into your heart and creates that faith, only that is going to give you the nourishment you need so that you have life now in Christ. Now, it was around 2004 uh, to about 2006, my dates could be a little off there, but Kellogg's Raisin Bran Crunch came out with the commercial. The employee's name is Johnson, and he's sitting there in his cubicle just eating Raisin Bran Crunch. So all he can hear is crunch, 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 crunch. And his immediate supervisor comes and says, you're fired. All the guy's doing is eating cereal at work. And there the guy is, crunch, 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 crunch. Doesn't hear a word his boss says, so he basically gives him a thumbs up. The next commercial comes on, the boss is storming on down the way, that's it. He says, you gotta pack your bags, you gotta leave. And there he is, crunch, 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 just waves at his boss. The next commercial that came out in the series, it really turned out to be a bit of a soap opera. The supervisor to the immediate supervisors with him, and he says, Johnson, we have a problem. So-and-so is offering us this deal, what do we do? And there's Johnson, all he hears is crunch, 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 crunch. And, and the, the, the supervisor to the supervisor says, you're right, let's wait it out. They'll offer us a better deal. Oh, man, he is immediate supervisors getting frustrated. Next commercial, he goes to the HR head, and she's now chewing Raisin Bran Crunch. She only hears him say Johnson, so she reaches down into her desk and pulls out an Employee of the Month plaque with Johnson's picture on it. He starts recanting quickly because he realizes he can't fire the Employee of the Month. Then the next commercial he goes, and Johnson's now been given an assistant, and they're both just sitting there eating away at that cereal. All they hear is crunch, crunch, crunch. And that immediate, the supervisor to the supervisor comes up, and he's so frustrated, the immediate supervisor says, we might as well just give them my office so they have good more room. And his supervisor says, that's a good idea. In the long run, sitting there chewing away at cereal, Johnson finds himself the head of that company. This is what Jesus is talking about for us using earthly things. He says in verse 54, he who keeps on chewing on my flesh, not one time takes a nibble, but like Johnson, he who keeps on chewing my flesh and keeps on drinking my blood has eternal life, and I myself will raise him up on the last day, because my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. He who keeps on chewing my flesh and keeps on drinking my blood remains in me and I in him. Jesus talks in John 15 about us being branches engrafted onto him who is the vine. When you engraft a branch on, you cut a slit and you stick it into it. But then when they heal together, the sap of the vine goes through the branch. When the Holy Spirit works through that word to create that new man in you, that new man is holy, he's righteous. Well, you still have a sinful nature in this life, but you have a new man, a new person who is holy and righteous, engrafted to Christ. And the sap of Christ 
speak, flows through you and nourishes you. And it does that by coming to hear the word. Trusting in Christ, doing all the work. That's how you chew it. And you go through life like Johnson. You're alive in Christ. You keep hearing that word. And even if they torture you and try to kill you because you're a Christian, you know it's going to turn out all right. Because you are alive in Christ. Heaven and earth are yours. You'll inherit the new heavens and the new earth and a glorified body. And so in verse 56 through 57, Jesus says, He who keeps on chewing my flesh and keeps on drinking my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the continually living father sent me, so I also myself keep on living on account of the father. And he who keeps on chewing on me, that person will live on account of me. See, it's not somebody who stops eating. Like Johnson, they keep going. That means you keep coming to the word that keeps nourishing you and hydrating your new man because the sap of Christ is flowing through you. And he says, the ever-living father there, this is the father who continually lives. God is no beginning and no end. He begot the son in all eternity before time was created. And so when you have that new man engrafted into Christ that is nourished, that is hydrated by the word of God and the forgiveness of sins, that the blood of Christ is constantly poured upon so you're forgiven, you are alive now. You have that new person. He says, he will live on account of me because Christ took the punishment for your sins because Christ took every temptation that you're faced with, but he didn't fall under them because Christ lived perfectly for you. And so verse 58 tells us, this is the bread which came down from heaven, not like the bread our fathers ate and suffered death. He who keeps on chewing this bread will live forever. God fed their ancestors uh, there on, as they headed towards Mount Sinai and as they roamed in the desert for 40 years. He fed them with miracle bread, with manna. And they ate it, but it was meant to physically nourish them. And they often rebelled against God and they all died. But those who trusted in Christ were already chewing the living bread that is God becoming a man, doing all the work for our salvation, even sending the Holy Spirit to create the faith which engrafts us onto him so we have the new man. This is clearly not a symbolic teaching. If you want spiritual life, if you want that, that new person it only comes by hearing the word of Christ and clinging to Christ as your savior. How do we eat this genuine bread and drink this genuine drink? The Holy Spirit sends somebody to proclaim the word to you where he created faith, gave birth to your new man that's engrafted to Christ. Engrafted to Christ, the sap of Christ flows through to nourish and hydrate your new man. The blood of Christ is constantly poured upon you when you come to the word and you hear, oh, whoever trusts in Christ has forgiveness of sins and you appropriate it. That means my sins are forgiven. Boom, the blood of Christ is poured upon you. And you have the privilege of applying that forgiveness to others. Your sins are forgiven. Hearing the word of God, that God became man and did all the work for our salvation, that he's our righteousness, that he creates faith and he nourishes that faith by that very word. That is how you nourish your new man. That is how we eat this genuine bread and drink this genuine drink. Amen. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you all. Amen.